Clark. Well, I'm sorry. For the gas tank. And literally nothing else. I say, staring out the small window and making eye contact with a ghost of a wolf. I've never seen one in real life. Photos, yes, even tracks once on a pathetic little field trip through the completely deserted city of London. It licks a row of sharp teeth and I react to the sudden pink emergence of its tongue like an explosion, staggering backwards. You need to calm down. Eros says, placing a hand on my lower back like he's my date. I spin and swat his hand away. He rolls his eyes, pivots back to the mass of gauges and levers in front of us. This engine car is much more industrial than ours. There's a little room to do anything except stand here. I'm not even sure both Eros and I could even lie down at the same time. There is one window, facing forwards, too thick to shatter. And there's another high above on the ceiling. The only door is, conveniently, right behind me. I'm going to go out there. Use the knife. You make a run for it. What? Uh, no, you'll get killed. And I'll look like a real asshole, I think. It'll give you a few seconds. Yeah, just enough so they can watch me get eaten out there. And I'll look like an even bigger asshole. We gotta do something. Let's give Ray a few minutes. She's gonna need two hours. She'll notice sooner than that, I scoff. He stretches a long arm, leans against one of the walls. She's got both her and purse to talk, and then somehow get in a fight with. And each argument will take maybe 20 minutes. And then she'll spend 30 a pop spiraling somewhere. You're 20 minutes short. I assume that will be talk doing whatever the opposite of entertaining is. You know, this will be so painful, everyone is going to say, Gee, I might actually prefer the tundra. Then they'll come find us. It's torture. Huh? The opposite of, of entertain? Oh. Cool. He says. He swings his long limbs like some kind of flightless bird. I can't tell, is, is he trying to infuriate me or be my friend? What's he like? Talk. No, Jesus. Infuriate it is. Why? Thinking of also having sex with him? He smirks, nods as if impressed. I think back to Talk this morning, trying to pry himself between me and Rhea, insinuating she was using me. Eros peels off her jacket and exposes a tight knot of arm muscles. Did she tell you? About you? No, Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah. I could just... She was different. After, she usually likes to be alone. I think back to waking up without her. Yeah. And weirdly, she didn't... Oh, great. No, I mean, before she'd be on her own little planet, you know, so deep in her head. Like, the vulnerability scared her. The fact that she, she let me be there a few inches from her. I've actually never felt further away. I need to look away.
The vulnerability in his own big eyes is too much to handle in this small space. So what is he saying? I should take her intimacy issues, her inability to hold a conversation with me as a compliment? He certainly did. You know, after the first time, she didn't even talk to me for two days, even though we were copping the next day. Wait. You guys were each other's first appointments. Oh. I say, swallowing something I don't have a name for, realising she's lied about it being Sharon. You know, she only lies to people she cares about, he says softly. It never came up, I say quickly. You know, maybe none of today was about her being weird. Maybe it was about you. You knowing you were using her, farming her out like this was just another copping session. Hey! He barks, unexpectedly intense. I didn't say that. You were just saying how much you knew, better than her, how much she needed to get pregnant. Because that's what we're all supposed to be doing. I know you haven't been exposed to the constant onslaught of fertilization mania we all have, but try and fucking get that. Somewhere in my head, I hear my own voice. Those first days with Rhea, in a car speeding far away from Minneapolis, arguing with her about the virtue of the cause. I just don't understand how anyone who really knows her could do that to her. I say, finally. It doesn't mean I don't care about her. It's dishonest. Maybe I show people I care in the same way Rhea does. Oh, come on, Arrows. This is bigger than someone's jealousy. You weren't supposed to be like, like Black and the Doctors, or even Hera. Why? We're all fighting for the same cause. Because you're the person she loves. My voice hangs there in the stillness. He clenches and unclenches his hands. For a second, I'm worried he's going to hit me. And I don't even care. He couldn't hurt me as badly as that realization did. When, um, when you guys were away, ran away, they locked me up. I know. No, you don't. It was nothing but bright light in Orsino's big fucking face for days. He was convinced me and Rhea had somehow killed Iris, which, which I couldn't have. Never. He says emphatically, like I'm a jury of strangers, not someone who knows full well it was Apollo. He told me Rhea was dead, wrecked the car, showed me pictures even of the wreck, told me that Hera had had another mental breakdown because of it. Because of me. Because I didn't tell her where Rhea was in time. And now she was dead. He sinks to the floor. He asked how it felt, which hurt more. Leaning over Iris's dead body that morning or, or knowing I never see Rhea's. They were both gone. Gone. And he kept using that word. But I didn't confess, I couldn't, because I just kept thinking, 
back to this time when we were eight and, and we were at this dedication ceremony. A lot of really intimidating fuckers there. Rhea had stuck a kick me sign on this general's back. He busted her, obviously. Dragged her to the front of the party and asked her to apologize in front of everyone. And Rhea, eight, right? Just says, Will you settle for a confession? <laughs> I think soda came out of my nose. His eyes squint like he's watching something I can't see. I couldn't shut that memory off. Cycled through it so many times I thought the taste of soda would make me puke. I don't understand. Yesterday you told me you were angry with her. Of course. I'm so angry she still can't get it. And she's... She's gonna get herself taken away. What? If she doesn't have a success soon, they're going to lock her down. Wait. Where have I heard this? I think. Put her to, like, sleep or something. She's a liability. She's... Shah. Did Shah tell you this? No. Apollo did. Rhea. That's it? Harris says with all the enthusiasm of someone finishing Citizen Kane for the first time. She's standing by the window, staring at me by the door. What's left of Apollo is on the bunk, breathing, or something like it. Yeah. Well, thanks for telling me. Eros beat the shit out of Apollo based on no real evidence except some gum on Clark's butt and, uh, a hunch. But the hunch is everything. I mean, who knows him better than me? I just, I don't get the point. The point? I almost laugh. I've used a million words to describe Hera, most of them really nice, but ambivalent? That's a new one. Look, these past few months, fuck dude, my whole life, I've been begging to be treated like a normal human being. We all have. Yeah, that means making my own bedtime and finding love outside of a lab, but it also means consequences. I cautiously approach her, can't stand to have Apollo between us for a second longer. You don't get to teach me what that word means, she says. I know, you're the last person on the planet with any kind of moral compass. Rhea, don't. I'm not saying I don't understand why Eros did this, Hera, but I know you were strong enough not to. Justice means something. It, Rhea, stop. Stop. I shrink. As glad as I am, your emotional education has come at my expense. I don't care about Eros. I don't give a fuck about justice for Apollo. None of any of this matters to me anymore. Okay? I swallow and wait. Listen. I listen for what she wants, what we can do. I've already done the thing she couldn't. Realized the person I love is capable of inexcusable violence. Pretty close, but yeah, still inexcusable. 
And that, that is not even the key word in all of this. It's capability, right? Because I'm sure Apollo has had excuses for every fucking thing he's ever done, conjured them up like curses or prayers at will. No lie, no romantic entanglement, no amount of pain at Hera's expense. Hera, who has always used responsibility to fill the potholes of Apollo's character. Fuck, of Black's. Of mine. God damn it, my listening is so loud. You know, Rhea, from the moment you were born, we have all been asked, no, forced, to love you. But he was the person who loved me. She shrugs. Maybe that's selfish. The only reason I'd want him to live is for me, but there's nothing in his own sorry fucking life that's worth it anyway. I wish I could tell her that Apollo has nothing to do with the Hera I know, but I'm beginning to think there's a lot about this Hera I don't. Kelk drums anxiously against the door as he opens it. They've been gone too long. It's already 7.55. Panic rises in my throat. I leap to my feet, plan forming with each step faster and faster as I run. Rhea, where are you going? Purse calls after me from her room, but I'm already a car away. Then two. Then, Char, I need the gun. I'm going outside. He cocks an eyebrow. But Rebecca speaks. What for? Since when are you allowed to talk? Rebecca turns to Shar. Rhea, what's going on? Clark and Eros are in trouble, Persephone says, joining us in the car. There, Rebecca starts wide-eyed and scared before Shar shoves the sock back in her mouth. We don't know what's out there, he says. Our friends are. Shar looks down at Orsino's gun in his hands. He nods holds it out to me. Are you insane? You can't go alone. Char, go. Persephone says, and bizarrely, Char turns to Rebecca. Char, Persephone repeats. I know, I will, I, I just... I mean, wh what time is it? It's, it's almost eight, right? I just... Char, what if something happens to them? I ask. Then we're just gonna be stuck with you. Persephone spits. He takes a breath like what he has to say physically hurts him. I can't. I, I can't. I'm scared. So is Clark of fucking everything. But he still went out there. You're going to make Rhea, who is as flaky and useless as a scab, sorry, but she waves a hand at me, do this alone? I won't, Harris says, coming up behind her. Clark. You sure? He was. Well, how do you know he wasn't lying to you? Because he said it in that way he always says shit that I know something you don't know type thing. Eros has his arms wrapped around himself. I rub my hands on the side of my pants, try to get rid of the sweat, scared by how easily the pieces slid together now. Shaw said something like that, too. He nods. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I don't think Char meant for whatever happened to happen. Did you? Now he whips his head quickly one way, then the other. No. Not at first. He told me something. Bad. Something about Iris, I guess. He has no trouble talking about Rhea or himself or manslaughter. But he keeps everything about Iris to himself. I've been fucking sober as a judge since that morning. But something slipped up. In here. He taps his closely shaved head. I kept lying face down in my bed, hoping to trick my brain into thinking it was shut off for the night. For now. And all I needed was to sit with my thoughts long enough that they became furniture up there, but I couldn't. I, I needed some help. He shrugs, stares up at me, almost boyish. But Rhea and Hera were in the dining car with all the alcohol. I couldn't let them see me out there. Lounge car was my next best bet, but you were in there with talk. I didn't want to make conversation, no offense. And I'm out there, just creeping along the railing and freezing. I'm hurting. And suddenly, a light flicks off in the kitchen car. Gets my brain going. I remember the one time as a kid I got messed up off some cooking wine during a tour of the president's chef's kitchen. The thought of the wind ripped, frosted arrows slinking along in the darkness, finally remembering some kid memory, crawls through my mind. I refused to feel bad for him. But when I got in there, Apollo was on the floor, and his head was bleeding. I picked him up, set him, set him down on the stairs, and he started mumbling. Just this low gurgle. Couldn't make it out. And then he started getting louder and louder and started yelling something about a briefcase and Char. And I, I put my hand over his mouth and I half dragged him up those stairs. And it's when we were upstairs, he was on to Rhea. He just kept repeating, oh, she, she, she's going to go away. She's going to go away over and over. I was freaked out. I grabbed him by his collar and I only shook him a little for a second. He's speaking faster and faster like he's just turned out the light and he needs to get to the other end of the hall before whatever monster grabs him. I look away. Look up. He got calm then. He said he knew if Rhea didn't have success soon, they were just going to lock her up. Everything about her, her freedom, gone. He smiled. Something in my head popped with that, and he was suddenly just Orsino telling me Iris and Rhea were both gone. I smacked his head against the floor, and he started laughing, so I punched him. I don't know how many times, but when I finally stopped long enough to look down, his face was just... Hum. Gone. I wiped my hands again this time more afraid of phantom blood than anything. Please say something. He whispers. I think you should put me up on your shoulders, I say, eyes fixed on the skylight high above me. Raya.
Side by side, Hera and I trudge across the dark snow towards the waiting train. I keep my head down, follow Eros and Clark's footprints closely with my flashlight. I mentally prepare myself for what could have gone wrong. Maybe they just can't figure out how to fill the gas or whatever is wrong with the thing. Maybe they're building some real teamwork skills in there. Laughing, passing a wrench around, warming their hands with high fives. I sneak a glance up again at the ominous iron monster. Listen for the sound of newly born inside jokes and dude hugs. But there's nothing. The door to the third car is open. I climb up, help Hera, and we enter. I skid and nearly fall on top of the tiny... Wait, what are these? They're kernels, Hera says, picking one up to inspect it. They fall slowly from the side of a huge burlap sack like sand. There's a clean hole in the side, like someone cut into it. Just a little while ago, like... I think you should give me the gun, Rhea. Why? I ask, wrapping my hand tighter around it. There's no one else out here. There's no reason they should have gotten into any trouble. Unless... You think one of them started something? She nods. Look, I know what Eris did to Apollo, but I don't think he... I stop when I see it there behind her. Large yellow eyes glinting in the dark, frayed white fur. Hera, don't. But the wolf lunges at her, toppling her to the ground. She wrestles with it. It falls over, stunned like Eros this morning. What the fu- Behind you! Hera yells as I spin to see another animal just a few feet away. It snaps its jaws. Shoot it, Rhea! I aim. Take a step back. And trip on the colonel's rolling underfoot. The gun goes off, a dart or bullet or whatever pings off the ceiling. I drop it when I hit the ground. Fuck, fuck, where did it? There, just a few feet away. I scramble and reach for it as, fuck, the wolf sinks its teeth into my arm. It growls, whips its head back and forth, jerking my arm, digging its teeth in deeper. I swing my legs around, try and kick it, but it only gets angrier. I cry out in pain. Hera, help. But Hera is out cold behind me. Hera! Suddenly the vice on my arm goes limp. I taste blood in my open mouth, feel it warm on my cheek. I turn in the direction of the... Eros. He climbs off the limp carcass. You okay? He asks, breathing hard, the knife in his hand, dripping. I grab the stun gun, his brows knit together in confusion. Where's Clark? What? Toss the knife, Eros. Are you serious? Eros, please. Devastated and theatrically, he throws the knife out the back of the car. I lower my weapon, but don't turn my back as I step towards Hera. I didn't hurt Clark, he says. I drop to my knees, feel for Hera's pulse, but she's just knocked out. Thank fucking God. The bullet must have hit her when it ricocheted off the... Rhea, Eros says, eerily calm. Rhea, I need you to please, slowly, rise. Eros, what? We have company. Turning as slowly as the seasons, I see he is right. There is, a fucking course, one more wolf. Okay, I say, 
evenly, almost cheerily, as I raise the stun gun and point it just above the glistening teeth and right between those holographic eyes. I breathe in. Prepare to pull the trigger on the exhale. Nothing happens. Nothing. The car fills with something thick and white, but not smoke. It gets in my mouth. It tastes almost like salt or there's a metallic ping as something must hit the wolf. It whimpers as there's another whoosh shorter, but I do not like animals, Char says, pushing clouds of white away as he brandishes a fire extinguisher. Get he says, spraying the wolf again and again until it retreats from the car, scampering off into the darkness outside. You came. Fashionably late, he says, picking up and tossing the wolf carcass outside. God, Eros, way to make a mess. Sorry, Eros says, dragging the unconscious animal outside as well. Did you see Clark? Eros asks. He's okay? Of course he is. He crawled out a window on the top of the train. He says quietly. Yeah, he's uh, supposed to start bringing Persephone over here as soon as they see... Oh, yeah. Char grabs my flashlight, presses a button, causing it to blink once, twice, three times. Now see her ahead, fun. He says, throwing her over his shoulder. Alright, uh, let's fill this thing up and then get out of here. Eros says, Yeah, I'll stick Hera in the other car until she comes to. Rebecca should be able to walk over here, and if she doesn't, well, fuck her. Char says, shrugging, Wait, wait, what about Apollo? We can't just leave him. Eros and Char exchange a look. Guys, no matter what happened in the past, right here in this moment, we're better than him. Well... You're going to need some help carrying him. Well, if it isn't my time to shine. Just lift him when I tell you to, okay? Only because you said please. Talc chirps as we walk down the corridor to Apollo's room. A door is suddenly thrown open and I jump, but it's just Clark juggling throw pillows that could only be Persephone's. I throw my arms around him. Thank God you're okay. You too. He says. Unenthusiastically. He takes a step back, stoops to pick up a pillow he's dropped. He doesn't look at me. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Just tired. Kind of the longest day of my life. He smiles a little, but man, is Clark a shitty actor. Can we talk later over tea or Catcher in the Rye or whatever else today is going to throw at us? Yeah, of course. Of course. Tauk clears his throat. <clears> throat> okay, okay. I'll see you over there. I tell Clark, squeezing his hand. Talc follows me into Apollo's room. You grab him by his feet here. I guide Talc's clammy fingers to the end of the mattress. And I'll take down here by his... But I stop, suddenly. Raya, we should also look one last time for that bag with the files in it. But I'm not listening to him because Apollo is no longer breathing. 
I touch his bruised cheek, already cold. Raya, we have to go. We have to go home. <laughs>